Hey guys, welcome to another week of the Delay of Game podcast. It's Matt. And it's Wit. So we're going to start off with something a little bit more serious than usual. As you all probably know, the great John Madden passed away today as of this recording on the 28th. Horrible news for football everywhere. I think Wit wanted to say something about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's not often that, you know, celebrity or, um, or, in sports icons passings impact you in a way. Mm-hmm. The only other one I can really think of was maybe Kobe Bryant, just because he was such a generational player in my in my youth. But this one definitely hits differently. I can remember playing Madden as a kid, and his voice was always prominent in my household. No matter where we moved to, no matter what room or what TV I was on, his voice was always prominent. And before I even realized I enjoyed and understood football i was understanding what a pa eagle boot left was right so this one hurts more for me but it's a it's a loss for the football community for sure it clearly was it's a huge icon a hall of famer for a reason everyone knows who he is he seemed like a great guy from what we've always seen from everything he did it's hard to imagine him as a coach in my mind Cause he's just always yeah. had just such a great personality on air. Whenever you saw him in interviews afterwards, and I know him, you know, as the inner, as the commentator slash Madden football guy. But before I'm sure he was terrifying as a head coach for the Raiders, but yeah, I mean, you think about his legacy with the Raiders. He, I think he was a coach for 10 years, never had a losing season. I mean, just phenomenal. Yeah. He's got such a, a lineage there and his roots are, I would say just as important and just as deeply embedded as Lombardi himself in football lore and the legacy of football. So this is a big loss for the community, but you know we're going to continue to push forward and keep his legacy and memory alive. Yes. With that, let's go on to the look at back at week seven. Sorry, week 17 games or week 16 games? I don't know. Week it's 16. too long of a season. No, no, don't say that because it'll be over before you know it. And then I'm just going to be crying for the next six months. True. Too true. My season's already dead in the water. It was really probably a couple weeks ago. But you guys put a big exclamation point on that this week. Oof, Fuck that was you. Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Okay. All I can do is root for the team that I've loved since I was a boy. Just so happens that. It's the team that shit on your team since I was a boy. So it's a beautiful thing. It's atrocious. Let's go back to last year. You guys didn't have Dak. <laughs> Things were a lot easier. <laughs> we just whooped ass. I mean, yeah, you, you guys won your division at like seven and nine because someone had to. Right. I, I think moving forward is the best way to go. Okay, move forward. Let's move forward to Buffalo, New England. Let's not put any more <laughs> airtime on that shit show of a game. <laughs> God, your saltiness, it sustains me. I'm like a I'm like a saltwater fish right now, and all the, the saltiness coming off of you is giving me life. Okay. I'm gonna have to get some Gatorade and rehydrate then. <laughs> but no, man, this Buffalo New England game, this was a, a fight for the AFC East crown, right? Like this was a great game. It's what you would want from Buffalo New England, right? Like fight to the finish, close game. Buffalo showed that they're you know not dead yet. Everyone I think has been writing them off. You were saying you don't trust them anymore. I'm pretty sure it was just I you. did say that. <laughs> I, I did mention that. And everybody was just riding the Patriots hard. And now they've come back to earth just a little bit. But can you blame us though? I mean, John, uh, Josh Allen wasn't putting up the same performances that he was in the beginning of the season, right? The things that had him in the MVP talks, he just wasn't doing anymore. But this game, he was able to bring that back. I mean, some of the off-script plays that he was able to make, like the little shuffle pass to the end zone, I think to Dawson Knox, you you, you can't draw it up. Like, it's the off-script stuff that sets him apart. So when he plays like that, that's why you can believe in this team. They're real tough to beat when everything's clicking, that's for sure. Yeah, so watching that game, I think this was a very good, uh, a very good view of, of the Patriots, that team is not built for shootouts. They're built on time of possession, grind you out for four quarters, and just get out of there with a win. This game is going to show everyone why Mac Jones isn't a top five quarterback yet. Some people seem like they want to say that. Oh, it's the next Tom Brady. 
He barely yeah. had, I think, 130 yards, something like that. He threw like 50%. Had yeah, no he was like 50%. Like, he only got like 14 completions for 145. Yeah, there you go. It was not very good. So, again, let's give people some time to grow. It's his rookie year. He's playing pretty well, but people need to get off his dick and give it some time. It, I agree. Like, we talk about this all the time when, you know, outsiders and media heads and the big four-letter networks, when they just christen these rookies as the next greatest thing and the next best thing, there's nothing but just fall after that. There is no ascension. And while this wasn't a terrible performance from Matt Jones, this isn't the elite level that you that the four-letter networks were talking about for the past four weeks. We've been saying it. He's had it pretty easy there where they've been running the ball, not relying on him too much. They get behind. They're trying to throw and play catch up, like you said. He wasn't able to get it done. Now, he did keep a minute. It's not like they just fell apart. He threw three picks like some other quarterbacks we've been seeing. <laughs> but, you know, he's not there yet. Let's give him a couple more years. Let's see if, uh, what's his name, Josh McDaniel stays there and continues yeah. to help him grow. Or if he go takes a head coaching job somewhere else. And who knows what happens. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be seeing his name floating around the uh, the head coaching candidacy searches and things like that. But with this win with Buffalo, both of those teams are tied at nine and six, and Buffalo has the AFC uh, AFC East lead right now. Two games left. It's a huge. Do you win. think Buffalo can hold on to uh, to win it? Ooh, I don't know what their schedule is remaining. It's going to be so much on who are they playing. Can... Well, I can help you with that. Oh, appreciate it. Let's hear it. Buffalo. Has Atlanta this week. Win. New York Jets the week after that. Win. <laughs> <laughs> Although, New England has Jacksonville, win. then Miami. Probably win. Miami is the best out of those four, though. So True. They have the harder so if, schedule. So then if they both win out, Buffalo's going to take it with a tiebreaker, I think. So Buffalo, this was huge then. This has a real chance to, of just keeping it. Because I don't really anticipate them losing to either of those two teams. If they do, yeah. then they don't deserve to win the NFC East. <laughs> well, this is what we were talking about last week, right? As a callback, though, scheduling of the NFL season this year, making all the late season games divisional, making them more impactful. You, you, you love it. Oh, it's the best thing they've done in a while. Yeah, no, no. And what's funny is when we first saw it, we were like, what? That's crazy. You've got to go back to... Uh, play another team you just played two weeks ago at the you know at the beginning of the month. Now we're watching it play out, and looks like they've been playing chess while we've been playing checkers. They clearly seem to know what they were doing with this one thing. Let's not give them too much credit. They seem to shit over the bed on everything else, but we'll give them credit where credit is due. This schedule has been awesome. They're only bad at disciplinary action, officiating, uh, Salary cap issues, tampering. Other than those things, the NFL does a great job. <laughs> I mean, they largely put a great product on the field, except for the officiating part. It's true. It's really bad. But you know what? It is what it is. That's never going to change. We're going to continue to watch it either way, right? Apparently. Every week, I'm like, this is the, this is the last draw. And I'm like, I'm going to watch it next <laughs> week. And I got to watch it for the podcast. So, Oh, see? There you go. So what you've done is you've turned your pain into a, a driving force to make you better. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of pain, so I'm hopefully growing a lot. There you go. Well, talking about pain, let's segue right into our next next game. The Chicago Bears versus the Seattle Seahawks. Ugh. What, a, what did you think? What a stinker. I mean... They scored, you know, they kept it close. They kept it interesting. Both teams are at the bottom. You know, their records reflect that. They're both 5-10. and 10. Good for the Bears, yeah. though, to pull out a win. Big Dick Nick. I'm, <laughs> I, you know what? I think, I, I think that Pete Carroll was wrong. He came out and he made a statement after the loss saying, it, it's not time for a full restart. It is absolutely time for a full restart. We said that. How many weeks ago? Like at the beginning yeah. of the podcast, we basically said, well, we did state that the wheels have fallen off. Everything was over. It's you're done. Start over from the ground up. 
Exactly. You're looking at a team that can no longer be bailed out by Russell Wilson. Their defense has been in severe decline for the past three seasons. And when Matt Nagy and a Nick Foles-led team beats you, that's the bottom of the barrel. Mm. Fuck it. Yeah. That's terrible. Or how about Charles Barkley? It's terrible. 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 <laughs> that's, just, that's terrible. Terrible. It's truly just the worst. I'm here for it, though. Seahawks have been too good for too long. I am fine with them sucking ass. I don't think they're going to have the balls to just rebuild. Because that means getting rid of Russell Wilson. Getting rid of some of these higher guys that you've traded for. You can't get rid of Jamal Adams for a while. So that sucks. Oof. So Oof. I don't see a quick turnaround for them. Even though, I mean, I don't know if you could. But that's what they need to try to go for. It's just clean house and then rebuild. Now, I will say this. In that loss, they did have a lone bright spot, something that you don't see very often when it comes to the to the Seahawks. Rashad Penny, that dude went off for like 16, I'm sorry, for like 17 carries, 135. He had a great game. He had a great game two weeks ago, which helped my best ball league, but then he decided to take the week off last week, which screwed me hard. But he's been <laughs> really good as of late for them when they've needed somebody to step up. He's been the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think I don't think if Jamal Adams was in this game, it would have made a difference. But whenever you pay that kind of money, give up that kind of draft capital, that dude needs to be on the field. I get that he was injured, and that's why he's out. But if you look at Nick Foles' numbers, he hit like nine different receivers. Like, he was just distributing the ball everywhere. No one person was beating that team. They were just getting beat by everybody. Well, if you do look, too, it's running back David Montgomery and then Mooney and then Komet and Jimmy Graham. Uh, they were using all sorts of weapons. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, a, since he's a vet, he's real familiar. He's going to take his check downs. He's not going to push it too hard. He's going to take what the defense gives him. Well, and that's really what you asked from him. But it was interesting to watch in a Matt Nagy team because from everything you've seen, outside of an anomaly of one season, he can't generate offense with anybody. So more power to them. P. Carroll, time to walk your walk your ass off into the desert and die. Can we walk back his generating offense for a second, though? He only got 317 yards against a bad Seattle defense. I so mean, 300. he generated a little bit of offense. Okay, but 317 yards of total offense. I want to say 100 of that was from the run, right? 88 and 229 passing. Okay. I mean, I'll give you generate-ish. It's not a lot, though. The best thing they did was held the ball for a really long time. They had it for 38 minutes, first 21. So that was huge. Time of possession wins you games. Absolutely. like You can be a bad team, but if you can win the time of possession 2-1, to one, you'll win most you'll nine out of ten times which is why we advocate running the ball when you don't have a quarterback looking at you browns 100 percent the browns all day the browns <laughs> when their own safety who's at home because of i think covid or some illness yeah is tweeting run the damn ball more come on usually those guys aren't willing to say the obvious like that but we are yeah yeah like normally those guys keep everything in-house they don't say the quiet part out loud. This dude went on Twitter and used a megaphone. <laughs> Just run the damn ball. Anyway, that's not the game we're talking about, though. Not the game we're talking about. But we will take every opportunity to shit on the Browns when they don't run the ball more. Well, with that being said, shitting on teams, this is not one that I want to do, but we kind of have to. The LA Chargers versus the Houston Texans. I mean... Houston donkey kicked the shit out of the Chargers. I don't understand. It's not one that anybody can fathom. It's un it's impossible to figure out what happened. There is one obvious answer, which is turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but this is one of the things you love about the NFL, right? The any given Sunday aspect. The inferior team punching above their weight, landing some blows to knock off the better team. You hate to see it whenever it's a team that you really like, like I do the Chargers, but I still got to appreciate the win. It's very, very impressive. We just were talking about how, you know, we haven't been real impressed by what 
Houston has done like with David Coley as head coach. But this was a huge win to be able to come in there and just whoop ass on the Chargers. Oh, 100%. And you got to give it up to Davis Mills. Davis Mills has put together some pretty good games when he's come in for Tyrod Taylor. And he's showing why some draft experts mocked him in the first round. The kid obviously has talent. And I don't see a quarterback coming out of this year's draft that they that they uh, t- uh, that they move him for. So he has an opportunity to continue to grow. He's played very well for a rookie and on a terrible team. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Terrible team and you're learning the NFL speed. To still be able to win games in the fashion that they have and the numbers that he's put up, that's commendable. you got to appreciate that. Yeah, he had a 130 QB rating against the Chargers. Shit. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like the Chargers. I mean, hell, going into the season, I thought they were better than the Chiefs. I still think that they're better than the Chiefs outside of some bad play calling. They should be better than the Chiefs. my head for all those who don't know. They're a year away. I said that at the beginning of the season. They were a year away. You said that week one. Yeah, I called it, clearly. Yeah, week one. I I was on the soapbox saying that they were going to be 12 and 4. No, 12 and 5, 13 and 4, something like that. You got them real high. I had them very high. Right. I said they were going to hover around that eight and you know, that 500 mark. They can't be 500, but it's going to be close. They're eight and seven right now. They have a lot of talent. I love the way they're building the team. It's really easy when you have a franchise quarterback like Herbert, but it's I true. love that they got um, Slater, Rashawn Slater. They're getting a line. They're doing the right things to build a team. They were just a year away. To help their cause, they need to find a way to re-sign Mike Williams in the offseason. Yes. Like, the... The attention that he takes away from Keenan Allen, you you want to try to just continue to cultivate that and grow that chemistry because the two, him and and Herbert, have been playing together very well. Yeah, you don't know how long you have Allen for. He's been injured often. He's just getting older. You're going to get more injuries. So I completely agree with that. But all in all, it was an egg that the Chargers laid. You hate to see it. This probably knocks them out of playoffs because they were, I want to say, the seventh or the sixth seed before this loss. So they probably missed the postseason now. In a tough AFC, that's one they had to win. That was a game that you expect them to win. They really had to win. You're right. It knocked them down to nine. Yeah. So it sucks, but this is just another opportunity to continue building. Brandon Staley is going to get that team back next year. I know I'm talking like their season's over, but for all intents and purposes, it's done. It probably is. Now, for two teams that seasons we already knew were over, <laughs> Denver and Las Vegas. Oof. Expected outcome here. Yeah, we both called this one. I mean, going into that game, who thought Drew Locke was actually going to play well enough to beat a good Raiders defense? Nobody. That's what changed my mind. You even brought that up. I was like, Ugh, I don't trust Locke. And he went out there and didn't do a whole lot. So I'm going to say this. If I told you that one of those quarterbacks was going to go into that team or go into that game with a Pro Bowl wide receiver, a top 10 pick at the wide receiver position from a year ago, and a legitimate vertical threat for a tight end, you would think that team has a chance to win or should win. Yeah. But no. No, no, no. It's another situation where they've got great weapons, but no one to throw the ball. This Denver is the perfect example of a team that's a quarterback away. Give them a Russell Wilson. Give them uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be a phenomenal team. Just a, a great team for sure. They have people all over the field. Lots of talent, except where matters most. I mean, honestly, I would love it if Aaron Rodgers just got the fuck out of the NFC. Ooh, he, like, I'm sick of dealing with that dude in the postseason. That would be great. And then he could just whoop up on the Chiefs some and, you know, knock down your Chargers a peg two, twice a season. Eh, I'm all okay, for okay. it. Like, let's let the AFC just get stronger and get everyone yeah. out of the NFC. Well, and you know that Locke's not going to be there next season. You know that the coaching staff is not going to be there next season. So whoever comes in, they're going to have an opportunity to go after their guy. And 
you would be hard pressed to think that that guy is anywhere in the the first round of the draft. Swing for the fences. See if you can get one of these veterans. Yeah, if you can do it, 100%, go for it. I am here to see teams try to win, especially when you got a bunch of young talent like this. What's the best thing to do? Get a veteran QB to lead them. I mean, the the Broncos took that approach, what, jeez, oh, seven ago years now. ago? With Peyton Manning? Yeah, seven years ago, and they got a Super Bowl out of the, out of the deal. Like, it, it's a formula that's worked for them in the past. There's no reason it can't work again, especially if you're getting, let's just say, Aaron Rodgers, who is leaps and bounds better than Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning when he was playing for them, yes. I mean, I'd even say Peyton Manning at his prime is not as good as Aaron Rodgers in his prime. True. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm not really a Peyton Manning guy since he went to Tennessee and he was real. Oh, and you're a Florida old. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with saying that he's garbage. That you know, piggybacking off what you said, and Peyton Manning's basically a terrible quarterback. I don't think I said that at all. <laughs> 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 now, to look on the other side of this game, the the Raiders, they continue to cling on for their postseason lives. You know, they needed this game to stay in the hunt. They got it. Do you think they have the ability to pull it off? Okay, I'm going to need to rely on you. Did you do research? Can you tell me who they're playing the next two weeks? I did do the research. I knew I could count on you. See? That's what support feels like, buddy. Okay, so... They've got Indy next week, or this week coming up, and then the Chargers after that. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> this is the hope that they're about to have, like, oh, maybe we can make it. And they're going to lose two times, and then they're not going to. Just like we said, they're going to just kind of be forgotten at the end of the season. I do want to say it was like week five, we were talking about how they were 4-0 and or whatever, and everyone was... Oh, is this is this the year John Gruden puts it together? And we were, we both said the exact same thing. No, I don't trust them. They always seem to start hot, but by the end of the season, you wonder where they went. The whole debacle with John Gruden, that just was a built-in excuse for why they don't make the postseason this year. Too many distractions. So it's not surprising to us. No, not at all. We know everything for yes. the most part, except you didn't know about the Chargers. Well, I know almost everything. Then. Almost. I will say Josh Jacobs, huge game for him. 129. They fed it's him true. the ball and it paid off. Exactly. You know, I, Derek Carr isn't a bad quarterback, but he needs help. And they got that out of Josh Jacobs, right? What do you do as a good team? You help your struggling quarterback or you help your quarterback continue to be successful. The Broncos, they had no running game. Mm-mm. Their top running back, Javon Williams or Javante Williams, he had 12 yards on seven carries. That was their top runner. Oh, God. That is a low number. Yeah. And their their big free agent acquisition from a season ago in Melvin Gordon, negative four yards. Oof. The Raiders' defensive line is really good. I agree. Like Max Crosby uh, is, if he was on a better team, like a good team, he would get a you'd lot You'd be hearing his name. You'd be hearing his name a lot more. And you're 100% right. They have a a really good defensive team that isn't talked about. But if you know that going in, why wouldn't you try to neutralize any type of pass rush with the quick game? Like slants, curl routes, anything. They, they weren't trying any of that. You would think it would be easy. Not enough teams are doing that. I don't oh, yeah. understand. I mean, how many games do we watch where... A team just can't seem to get in a rhythm and we're yelling at the screen, get a little bit of, you know, positive yardage, screen game, quick game, anything to help your guy. Like we can make those adjustments in Madden, God rest his soul. Why the fuck can't they do this on the field? And then the great thing is once they start walking up to try to do something like maybe press you or just try to like play the inside against the slate, then just hit them with a double move and go over top. Set them up and by doing it. you've got the players to do that if you're the Broncos. You would think it's super easy, but time and time again has shown that their coach. Oh, Vangio. Yeah, is not the guy. They need yeah. to move on. Get someone who can innovate on offense. 
even whenever he was hired, I didn't think he was an inspiring pick. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of those situations where they had a really good defense and they knew they had a defense, so they just kind of leaned into it. So they brought in a defensive-minded guy. Mm-hmm. And Vangio stayed that same guy. Defensive-minded completely neglected their offense. They've been trying at least on offense, but I don't I should know, but I don't know who the offensive coordinator off the top of my head is is not getting it done though. Yeah, no. Um you know what? I was actually just looking this up the other day because I was having a conversation and going back and forth with someone. So their OC is Pat Shermer. That'll oh, do it. <laughs> that'll Buck, do it. <laughs> we know all about him. <laughs> you knew they were doing the second. I don't get these head coaches who make these, I guess it's just a really conservative, not mm-hmm. risky hires. Like, you know, he can do it even if he doesn't do it well. You know, he's going to at least be able to call a play, I guess. Yeah, I think that it's like when the uh, the Cowboys hired Mike Nolan. He's got experience at the position. He wasn't very good at it, but he had the experience, and they just decided to roll the dice with it. It's the same thing with Shermer. People keep making these uninspired head coaches retread offensive corners. Like Jason Garrett, why did anyone give him a chance? Why did anyone give Pat Shermer a chance? We all knew that they had terrible offenses. Yeah. You know, and this is a great opportunity for us to make our plug now. We did it two weeks ago. Okay. Jags. Buck the trend. Hire Byron Leftwich. You said the Save Jags. your franchise. The Jags. Oh, okay. Jumping from Denver to the Jags. Okay. Got a little My bad. whiplash no. there. I'm going to make hey, a claim hey, okay. later. That's why you that's why you wear your seatbelt when you're riding in the car with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying we were talking about uninspiring head coaches and uninspiring offensive coordinators. That's exactly what the Jags have been doing. It's time for them to buck to buck that trend completely. You bring in Byron Leftwich. I was hoping for an Eric Benemy plug. Come on, Denver, pluck him away from the Chiefs and then use him to beat them. How perfect would that be? <laughs> <laughs> like an Eric Mangini with the Jets versus Belichick with the Patriots type situation. Yeah, but not terrible. <laughs> I think Eric Benemy, wherever he goes, needs to be with Deshaun Watson. That would be perfect. I think that combination could be deadly for the league. There you go. So, Denver get Deshaun Watson, Eric Benemy. We solved your problem. There you go. We can we'll get to you guys in the DMs to get our addresses to mail those checks. Yeah, consulting fees, you know. Let's start at seven figures and we'll negotiate. I only negotiate up, you know, up. So just as a heads up there. (laughs) Okay. Well, we recapped some of the big games from last week. Let's talk about our thoughts. Okay. So, yeah. So I guess the first, first segment on the, or the first topic on the segment, I'm going to throw at you what to make of the Arizona Cardinals now. I was so high on them. I was ready you to were. believe. I was on you the Cardinal were. train. I was on the Panther train. Both of them have disappointed me. They've derailed. Which is wild because I didn't think you could actually be the conductor of two separate trains. Like you were just making it work. I did. And I was pretty damn good at it. And then they fucked it up for me. So I look at that Cardinals team and they remind me of like a guy or a girl who oversells themselves on a dating app. And then after the first date, when the moment comes to close the deal, they just completely panic and they like get all clammy hands and they just don't know what to do at that point. They just fumble through everything. Like they had everything going for them. They'd been doing all the right things. Then they hit the month of December and they've just completely shit the bed. So I was showing you a stat the other day when we were watching the game Cliff Clinsbury or Kingsbury, this is kind of just the trend, the norm for him, which is also something we've seen with Arizona. They start hot and then they get cold. As the weather gets cold, so does Arizona. Yeah. 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 And what's even worse, you lost to Detroit mm. the week before. Then you go up against an indie team that was basically basically held together with spit and glue and still lost to a completely decimated offensive line. I want to say 
Of course, Quentin Nelson was out, but they lost their center, and then they lost their other guard in that game. And Jonathan Taylor still went off on them. A big part of the problem, Kyler Murray just isn't being as efficient as we normally see. Like early on, he was making, he had a great percentage. I think we talked about it the week we were talking about him for MVP. He was leading in so many categories. And really since then, a lot of those things he was doing really well has dropped down. Like he still had a strong game. He was 27 for 43 for 245 and a touchdown. But we're used to seeing better from him. That's what he was doing when we were talking Mm -hmm. about MVP level. He was getting a higher percentage of completions, 300 plus yards. He did run for 74, which is ridiculous to add to it. But he was just killing people with his arm. And that's gone down to much more like an average arm. I think the and this is kind of low-hanging fruit, but while the numbers and all that may still kind of look the same, the difference is the win and loss record. Those numbers are much easier to swallow when you're winning. So I think he's still kind of the same player. The ball's just not bouncing their way anymore. And considering four weeks ago, we were saying that they were going to roll into the number one seed. Now I think that they're like the number six seed. They aren't winning the West. So that's going to immediately knock them down to five. And then, yeah, they probably are six right now. And who knows where they end up. So they are five. And actually, they're up by two, so they probably aren't going to drop more than five because the rest of the NFC, there's a, it's bad. a drop it's bad, off. Bad. A little bit of one, like a big cliff. It's bad, bad. Well, Arizona's got Dallas rolling around next week. And, I, I mean, you're talking about a team, a Dallas team, who just beat the brakes off of Washington. I don't know if that same team shows up against Arizona, but if it does, Arizona's about to take another L. Well, a couple of weeks ago... We would have felt pretty good about saying, you know what? We don't trust the Cowboys. We trust the Cardinals. Like, say, four weeks ago, back when you guys were the worst eight-win team ever. I still don't trust the Cowboys for the record. But I don't trust the Cardinals more. I mean, they're only 10 of 5, but I still don't trust them right now. No, I get it. And once once that trust has been lost, it's hard to earn back. Yeah. Hard to earn back. It's like you don't trust the Cowboys at 11 4. And I wouldn't either because there's some problems, but that defense is. That defense is opportunistic and it's making up for a lot right now. So I'll continue to be happy and just keep my fingers crossed. But I really, I just want to bring this back real quick. I really like what you said about the ball bouncing their way right now because mm-hmm. that's what the Chiefs was going on. Everybody's like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? The ball just wasn't kind of breaking their way like it normally did. And for the most part at the beginning of the season, it was for the Cardinals. Like you would see them just make great catches and really just kind of bail out Kyler Murray sometime with some of the things that happened. I just don't think those things are those kind of low probability plays that they were making. They're not succeeding Mm. right now. So sometimes that's all it is. And it's crazy because that's the thing about football. Like we just made the analogy about any given Sunday. It's a game of bounces and a game of inches, right? It. It is a razor's edge between a great play and a terrible play. And then earlier in the season, it was great plays. Now, it's just not good plays. It's terrible plays. It picks. It's turnovers. It's sacks. It's safeties. It, it's unfortunate, but it wasn't unforeseen by us. No. But you know what was seen by at least one of us? No, it wasn't. Shut the hell up. No, it wasn't. A beautiful mind said the Bengals are going to win the AFC North. And they won. And guess where they're at right now? (laughs) Winning the AFC North. (laughs) Okay. Here's my thing. Okay. Yes, I agree that the Bengals, you had them right. You had it right. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think that they were going to pull it off. But... A lot has shifted within that div- that division in the last two weeks with the Lamar Jackson injury, right? So they're taking COVID. full of, yeah, like they're taking full advantage of that, and that's what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. The Browns, they were in the AFC Championship game last year. The Ravens were in the AFC Divisional round last year. The Bengals were watching from home, and Joe Burrow was rehabbing a destroyed knee. Fast forward a year, he has elevated his team. The heights they haven't seen since like 2003. It's great. And as a Bengals fan, you have to just be ecstatic. This has to be the best thing ever 
watch his other teams finally get like the injury bug or finally have something happen. And now they're losing and everything is just kind of going perfectly for you all. And you're seeing these yeah. humongous plays week in, week out. They're just making monster throw after monster throw with their receiving core. My only only problem that I have with the Bengals' philosophy, they've decided to live and die on the arm of Joe Burrow. That That is a – that does not make for a recipe that gets you far in the playoffs in my opinion. I think it worked out for the Chiefs because that was kind of their whole philosophy. But even the Chiefs had defenses where they were able to come up with stops every once in a while. I don't see that from the same Bengals team. So, I mean, I, I'll give it to you, though. Joe Burrow, he's about to win comeback player of the year. And he probably should have made a – he'll probably make the Pro Bowl as an alternate. But, meh, we'll see. I think the Bengals got to be excited, though, for the future. Even this year, they're not going to go far. I don't expect them to go super deep. Mm-hmm. But they're a young team. They're going in the right direction. You have Joe Burrow at quarterback. That's going to sustain you for a while as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, you keep him upright. Absolutely. Like We've talked about this before. Elite quarterback play is hard to find. And when you do, you it makes up for a lot of deficiencies on your team. And I was going to say, protect them. Put them in bubble wrap. Get the best <laughs> linemen you can around them. Or set up a system where they can get rid of the ball quickly. They've done a lot better job on limiting sacks this year, though. Absolutely. And their their line has gotten better outside of the injuries. I think Rife, he's their guard. Or he might be their center, one of the two. But he's one of the top-ranked guys at, the, at his position. So, now, if I could just take a, a brief moment to kind of stand on a soapbox here for Joe Burrow, if you don't mind. Sure. Do it. Appreciate that. I think it is a fucking travesty that Lamar Jackson is in the Pro Bowl over Joe Burrow. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's numbers, he's got 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. We all, like, that's insane. We all know that's the insane. Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. It doesn't mean shit. All pro is where it matters. <sighs> I just, it makes my brain explode when you have to hear the Lamar Jackson, like, fans talk about how he is this elevator of your team and X, Y, and Z. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And please, no one take this as me bashing him. I'm not trying to bash him. I'm just making the comment. The weekly Lamar Jackson bash segment. Like, this is a weekly thing for us. It feels like that sometimes, but I just, I I can't understand how he continues to get all of this hype and praise when his numbers are pedestrian. I think that's why it's because we see things differently than a lot of the media, the NFL media, the four-letter, you know, uh, channels. We see it differently. We feel like we see it more clearly. And that's why we want to have our podcast to let people know when there's bullshit happening like Lamar Jackson going to the Pro Bowl based completely on his name in one season he had a couple years ago. It's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. It's like a, a it's like a guy who is dating a 10 when he's a five, but because of his date, he averages out to like an eight and everyone thinks that he's the man. It's exactly like that when, in reality, you're still a fucking five. Yeah, you're still a running running quarterback first who can throw. It's like Cam Newton. It's what the NFL can do all too often. You get one good year or one stellar crazy good year, and then you can live off of that hype forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's 100% accurate because Cam Newton is still cashing checks from 2015. And let's not forget about Sam Bradford. The guy oh, the of goat. catching checks. The goat. The goat. Like he 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 managed to make two franchises give up first round picks to get him in the Eagles and the uh, the Vikings. That's insane. Ridiculous. But it goes back to what we said about coaching earlier. Teams and just everybody tends to go back to names they know instead of yeah. going for new ones. Maybe just because they can't pay enough attention. I don't know. But it drives us crazy. We're not sheeps. We're sharks. We're always going forward. Goddamn right. That's right. You know, lions got to eat. To quote my man, Michael Parsons. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were, we were in a moment and then you ruined it. 
I know, I know. Like, I can't let you get too comfortable at some point. Like, I have to to break the illusion and remind you that I hate you. So, sorry, buddy. It's just going to get worse. I'm well aware as the playoffs about to get here and you guys are making the playoffs, it's going to just get worse and worse and worse. I shit you not. As we continue, the more games we win, the less clothes I'm going to (laughs) wear. Till at some point, I'm just going to be sitting around in like oh. tube socks and a condom on. Because if we win the Super Bowl, I'm fucking something. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to get crazy. You're going to have a big pot, jar of lube next to you. <laughs> just watch out who's ever nearby. <laughs> I'm just finding the closest living thing <laughs> and just humping it into submission. <laughs> Everyone, you're down here. Consent is given. Like, just be aware. (laughs) Sign some forms. After that, I have no control. Exactly. (laughs) And now to go to the other conference, going to the NFC, right? Mm -hmm. We have seen, we've seen the best teams in that division. I think it's kind of a, a universal understanding at this point that Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFC. Sure. But... Because of their recent losses, are you seeing any chinks in the armor? Recent losses? I mean, they won. I'm sorry, not recent finals, losses. Or the, recent oh, wins. Oh, my bad. A win's a win in my mind, okay? He didn't throw a bunch okay. of picks. They didn't have turnovers. The Browns aren't a terrible team. They're just not good enough with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. If the quarterback of the opposing team gives you four interceptions and you only win by two points, that's a problem. Like, I... Yeah, no, I get it. I Maybe they were looking forward to next week or looking forward to the playoffs already. I don't know. I don't think it's a big concern in my mind. If they lose the game, that's different. Don't want to lose. But at the end of the season, a win's a win. I think they're still the best team. I think they're going to go far in the playoffs. See, that's where I'm on the other side. I think you have to start thinking about there might be chinks in the armor just for the simple fact that if – you can get those many extra possessions and still not find a way to put a team to sleep to choke them out. It makes you wonder if you've got that that killer instinct. I mean, I guess that's fair. They didn't. They did, sorry, they did the same thing with Washington too. Like they were firmly in hand. They kept getting turnovers, and they kind of were just lackadaisical about scoring points. It's like they knew yeah. they didn't have to, so they didn't push it that hard. It was a weird feeling. Like they were in control. But they were only controlled by like a touchdown the whole game. Like it didn't feel yeah. like you stepped on their neck and like put them out of their misery. And that's the thing you would want to see from a team. When you have a better team, you're supposed to beat up on the inferior team. And if you're essentially playing not to lose for two quarters of a game and that allows this other team to get back in, I have a problem with that. Now, I'm not going to discredit Aaron Rodgers because, I mean – You'd be a fool not to give him the benefit of the doubt. But there are some questions. Maybe they're just saving it for like the Bears. They like to score all their points against them. (laughs) So the Raiders are the fluffers of the AFC and the Bears would be the fluffers of the NFC? I would think so. At least for the Packers. Like the Packers, just they're comfortable with them. It feels good. It's where they go back to when they need to to kind of get things going again real easy. You know, you know, we all we all have that one person, right? <laughs> Do we though? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a backup plan. Uh, it's just me. But maybe this is something you can not you and I can discuss off mic. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of your black book. Back in the day, right. you knew you had that person you could call and you got it done. Okay, she was a very fine lady. Okay, and we had a lot in common. There you go. I'm sure. Exactly. Like we both loved intercourse. Yeah. Boom. And ready <laughs> to go. Boom. The end. That's the Packers with the Bears. But fair enough. They've been winning a bunch of them close. I don't think they're going to be too worrisome, especially they're playing in the AFC. They can cruise to the Super Bowl, basically. Don't for fuck the around like that. No. Okay. It was that same mentality that got them bounced in the championship game by uh, Tom Brady. It's okay. Calling it now because it would be the best thing ever. You know what I'm going to say. Don't you fucking say it, Matt. Dallas in the conference championship. 
Aaron Rodgers, they keep it close. Aaron Rodgers wins on the last minute drive to crush your soul. Okay. Okay. You've put it out in the, you've put it out in the ether. So now if it does happen, you understand I have to kill you. (laughs) Like you get that, right? Like that's, you put a target on your back. So when that happens, you just want to go into hiding. Yeah, I was about to say, witness protection, go live with the Amish for a while. Probably what we have to do. You're not going to make it in the Amish. They only do missionary and backdoor on Wednesdays. Like, Ooh, you're screwed. You're, yeah. You, I hate to break it to you, boss, but you're stuck. Okay. I'm going to green light your shit. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to, I'll figure out something. But fortunately, I'm always right. So, okay. Or, Change your identity. Always right or rarely right. It's one of the two. So with Green Bay spoiling the Dallas team, which we know is going to happen, is Indy going to spoil anybody's playoff chances when they make the playoffs? Ooh, I like that transition. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I, I'd i say so. I mean, they play Las Vegas next week, and they're about to choke them out. So they're going to uh, snatch away their playoff hopes. So I don't see why not the way they're playing the game. Well, everyone's calling them the hot team right now. Like they've been doing real well, even though they're nine and six, they felt like they've been real good. They're a team built kind of for that playoff push with the running game and defense. So mm-hmm. are they going to overachieve in the playoffs? Are they going to knock off one of these one through four seeds that we would normally fully expect to go far, except for maybe the Bengals? I think depending on the matchup, I think they absolutely could. I don't think there's any team outside of maybe New England who's as good against the run because Jonathan Taylor is going to continue his MVP campaign, and I feel sorry for any team that's in his way. We've already seen the Bills not be able to stop the run. The Titans I don't trust without Derrick Henry unless he's coming back. I feel there's like talk, but there's might. no confirmation So yet. if he's not back, they're in trouble. The Chiefs aren't going to be able to stop the run. Bengals, I don't really know if they can. They can't. So there you go. They could easily make a big run. They're going to just bulldoze teams that come come in their way. Exactly. I mean, the fact that they can win a game with Carson Wentz throwing for barely double digits, like 11, 12 passes. I mean, if it gets you further into the dance, into the postseason, take it. That's the way they're going to win games or going to have to win games. I don't really trust Wentz to be the guy to put it on his back. Of course, he's not playing right now because he's an idiot, but. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. But now that they've changed the uh, the isolation days, there's a chance that he might be available for Sunday's game because oh, now okay. they've changed it to a five day window and he tested positive on Saturday. Even if you're not vaccinated. I, that part, I do not know. He is not vaccinated. He is not vaccinated. So. So. I don't know if that window would apply to him. So we'll Well, keep an eye out on that. If they can somehow just will Nick Foles onto their team, then the Colts are a team (laughs) of destiny. We would like be able to guarantee a Super Bowl win. (laughs) No, that's true. Because we've seen the magic that Frank Wright can make with uh, with Nick Foles. It's true. But only when he's the backup coming in to replace Wentz. Yeah, you can't be the guy. The special sauce. That's what makes it so special. The reason why that is is because, again, you have lower expectations, so you exceed them, okay? When you come in as the starter, they're already high, and when you're hitting 500, mm-mm, you, that's not a winning formula. Yeah, that's why we aim low, and then we mm-hmm. barely exceed them when it comes to expectations. That's right. Exactly. I've set the expectations in my life to be minimal at best. So any slight uh, achievements of mine, they exceed the bar. It's been nothing but positives for me for most of my life. That's the easiest way to get all pluses, be 100% all the time. I'm always achieving because I'm not trying to achieve very much. (laughs) I need that on a shirt. I'm always achieving because I'm not trying to achieve a lot. (laughs) I need that. There you go. Free t-shirt for idea for everyone. If somebody does it, though. I want my 10%. That's true. And I also want a free shirt. Like, I'm not going to pay for a shirt with a saying on it. I want a free shirt and then my 10%. You don't get 10%. I thought of it. No, but we're a team, though. Okay. So I get 5%. You get 5%. 
feel like I did more of the work, but I'll roll with it. We've been yes. talking about our thoughts on playoff teams. Let's make some predictions that are definitely going to have playoff implications. This guy with the fucking transitions tonight. Go Master ahead. over here. All right. All right. Well, first game on the docket, we've got Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think? So last week we talked about the Bengals. I said, oh, they make big plays. I'm going to expect them to win against the Ravens. But then I went against my better judgment. And I picked the Ravens anyway. But do it again. I'm picking Kansas City. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I'm going with Kansas City as well. Because if the big plays aren't there, then they, like we were saying before, they live and die by the arm of Joe Burrow. And I'm not sure if that Cincinnati offensive line is going to be able to withstand that pass rush from Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Like those dudes have been terrorizing quarterbacks in the past couple of weeks. They have a great pass rush, and there are a team that can easily outscore you. you know, it's gonna, yeah. I, whenever I feel like I say it's going to be a high scoring game, it never is. This one has all the makings of 35 42. Just two teams throwing the ball deep on each other, putting up big points. So inevitably, it's going to be like a 13-7 to 7 win. Yeah, it's one that I would take the over on, and then it just stinks. and just, yeah, barely scores anything. I'm like, what the hell? Fair enough. All right. Well, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. On to the next game. So Las Vegas and Indy. I've already said this because we talked about it earlier. It's called This is a Loss for Vegas. I'm going to just roll with that. Indy's on a roll. They're going to just plow over them. I honestly don't have to do anything because you were making the right choices so far. You're absolutely right. Indy's going to pull away with the win. On to the next one. Okay. These have been pretty easy. This next one hurts me. I should have probably <laughs> vetoed it off the list. <laughs> Philly versus Washington. It seems pretty obvious. I'm sure you're going to say it. I'll just let you. Actually, I'm going to say Washington football team oh. takes the win. Yes. I think that they lost against the Philadelphia Eagles last uh, two weeks ago because they had Garrett Gilbert starting. That was a very winnable game until the end. So I'm going to give it to Washington. It was. Their run defense is worrying me right now. They gave up a ton of yards to the Eagles. And then Dallas did a pretty easy job running on them too with a Zeke Elliott who can barely move. It's true. They made him it's look true. reinvigorated. So that's got me really worried. I am going to expect disappointment. So I'm never disappointed. <laughs> and I'm going to go Philly. That was a, a nice call out there, Matt. Thank you. I'm just on game with everything today. I like it. I like it. So, but think about it though. Do you think that Washington's run defense against the, the Eagles was hampered by an offense that kept putting their defense back on the field it does make it incredibly tough. One of the worst things you can do for any defense is go three and out. And that's all they were doing. Going back on the field that quickly wears you out, especially when teams are running on you and you're already getting tired. So that's very true. Yeah. I still I, don't. When you look at Heineke, when you look at Heineke, he plays within himself. He extends plays, keeps drives going. I think for that reason, I give them the edge. I hope you're right. But I would love to we'll see how it turns the out. Eagles down. Yeah, I think that but I think that knocks them out of the postseason at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, if other teams below them win, Vikings, Falcons, and Saints, they could easily all mm. lose. I don't know who they're playing, but just based on those teams, they could lose. Again, though, it's where I kind of point up something. Falcons are seven and eight. Yeah. I said to expect them to do better. Well. You wanted them to do better, and you thought they would with Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts has put together a – I mean, I, it's not even a bad season. It's a it's a good season, but by what standards? The draft type standards, no. I think he's at like 980 yards or 985 yards or something. For a tight end, though, that's strong, but that's why we don't draft tight ends at four. I was going to say, is 900 yards strong for the number four overall pick? Not when Jamar Chase is crushing that. Exactly. Especially considering they also lost Julio Jones. Telling me that Jamar Chase wouldn't have been an asset for uh, for Matt Ryan? It's because they took, what, five weeks to figure out, hey, let's chuck the ball at him a million times? 
his uh, matchup nightmare. He yeah. only went over 70, like he went 31, 73, 35, 50 first four weeks. Not good enough for somebody who's that hard to stop. Okay. I'm going to get upset about this. So we should move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I get it. I get it. Okay. Our last game of the week. Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals. Go ahead and say it out loud, Matt. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not going to say it. I'm going to maybe allude to it. <laughs> I'm going to do just the tip. Just the tip. One of these teams is opportunistic. And one of these teams mm. hasn't had the ball bouncing their way. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's going to make a big difference. Okay. All right. Okay. And I just want to verify and confirm uh, when you said one of these teams' defense is opportunistic, did you say earlier in the in the episode that the Cowboys' defense was opportunistic? I'm I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> I'm not going to answer. That was why I was saying. I'm just going to sit here and not say anything. You can't make me. Even though this is an audio podcast, and I really have to talk for it to work. <laughs> well, then I will follow your lead, sir. I don't have to say anything. Because you already know. Uh, it's going to be the Cowboys. I'm going to say it anyway. It's going to be the Cowboys. We all knew you were too excited to get that out. Sorry. Sorry. I, I couldn't help it. I want them to go 12 and 4 or to even to go more than that because they're going to win next week. They need to lose this week. I don't see it happening because everything this year is just trying to destroy my spirit and my soul. So crazy. While I think the Cowboys will win. I'd prefer that they win this week and lose next week. That's because you don't like to go in the playoffs in a hot streak. You like to get that loss out of the way. Have not some only, fucking faith in your team. They can, not only that, though. No, 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 no. Stop. Yeah. You stop. No. You, okay, you, you stop. pontificating. <laughs> you step off that soapbox. Okay? <laughs> it's not just because of that. But there is a chance that we meet the Eagles in the wild card round. You know how hard it is to beat a team three times in a season? So I don't want that added expectation and pressure going into the playoffs. So so if you lose to them, then you're fine. So you're a scared little bitch is what I'm is hearing. That, is that what Spink said in between the lines? Is yeah. That what you're, is that what you're reading into? That is clearly what everyone is inferring from what you've said. I don't I don't think that's what they picked up at all. I in fact, I thought what what I'm hearing is they're thinking that I made solid points and they agree with my with my 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 prediction here. Okay? That the Cowboys can't go into a situation and beat a team three times. Yeah, so you're you don't think they can do what they need to do to get the job done. You don't like them. You're scared. It's okay. It's fine. To admit that. Just admit it, though. Admit it for everyone. Matt, we've already talked about this. I admit nothing. Like, we <laughs> talked about this already. Like, I will True. I will stick with the lie until the wheels fall off. I've okay. seen it happen. <laughs> it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm usually helping steer that train <laughs> off the cliff. It's true. It's if true. I can do the best I can. All right, let's get on to our last segment, the most fun one, bets. All right, all right, all right. So, Matt, this week, my bet to you, who is the starter for the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton or Sam Darnold? This is a real Sophie's choice of quarterbacks, I guess. Two terrible choices. I don't know. How Matt Rule chooses, it's both are garbage quarterbacks. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Darnold. I would have said Cam, but he's just played so bad. I don't think they want to see him suit up anymore for them. Even though Darnold wasn't doing very well, I'm gonna go Darnold. Okay, I put it down into the books. So kind of the opposite of that. Two good mm-hmm. quarterbacks. I'm gonna make you choose between them. Who throws? For more yards, Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott in their mm. game against each other. Fuck. I thought it was I a good one. Say, it was a good one. I'm going to have to go with Kyler Murray. 
while the Cowboys defense is opportunistic, they give up the big play a lot. So I think Kyler Murray throws for more yards, but he still loses in the end. I would not be surprised at all if he, he has the better game, but he has like two picks and that's the difference. Exactly. I think he's probably like getting garbage time yardage because they're playing catch up. All right. So we'll go with that. Lock it in. Boom. All right. Yo, this this past uh, episode has been fire. Like, I don't know if you guys felt it, but I know I did. Like, this shit was hidden from, from jump. I, hope, I was all in. I hope everyone else feels it. I hope everyone else is having as much fun as we are. Make sure to let us know. Let everyone know. Like we said, share it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Like chlamydia. It's true. <laughs> I, you know what? I was just about to say, I gave my aunt a subscription to the podcast for Christmas. <laughs> but then you added in that chlamydia <laughs> analogy. Ooh, made it weird. That's that made I'm, it weird. That's what I'm good at. Okay. That doesn't change the fact that she still got a subscription to the podcast and I have changed her life. Perfect. Now all I got to do is get her on Twitter. That way I can talk shit to her on Twitter. Twitter too. And there you go. And then you all could be doing that too. That would be awesome. Make sure. Exactly. You guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. I was going to say make sure like share the podcast on Twitter or share it with your friends. Smash that like button. All that good shit. Yeah. All of that shit that they normally say. And don't forget to always hit us up at delay of game pod on Twitter. We respond to everything good, bad, and different. If you send us nude photos, we will judge them and tell you where they rank in our list. Yeah. I'm happy to rate basically anything you send us. Any questions you have, we can do an AMA sometime. Ask me anything. We'll answer it. And won't be honest, but it'll be an answer. Matt, you're about to get an onslaught of dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to be ugly. Hey, for the podcast. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. All right, bye. It's been fun.